When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone. I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome to the show that is all about uncovering the awesome in the everyday. Each week, my co-hosts and I give our favorite tips, share our best stories, and confide our true confessions as we invite you to join us in the pursuit of awesome. This is episode 105 of Sorta Awesome, and I'm joined today by everyone's favorite Hollywood housewife and the host of the Smartest Person in the Room podcast, my co-host and dear friend, Laura Tremaine. Now, just a few episodes back on episode 103 of Sorta Awesome, Kelly and I shared our top 10 picks to make summer more awesome for you this year. And today, Laura and I are here with even more love for summer. We are going to fill you in on all that is trending this summer season. We're going to be talking fashion and beauty, the things we're watching, the things that we're reading and listening to, all of the things that will be trending over this summer. And we're going to get to all of that in a few minutes. First, I have a bit of housekeeping for you. For over two years, awesomes who wanted to congregate together online have found their way to our Facebook group, the Sorta Awesome Hangout. I wanted to let you know that as we prepare for Sorta Awesome to take a nice summer break throughout the month of July, we're closing membership in the Sorta Awesome Hangout to new members for right now. Just stay tuned for an announcement when we reopen the Hangout for new members coming at the end of this summer. So thanks for understanding our decision with that. Now we're going to start the show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. And Laura, what do you have for us this week? My awesome of the week, because this is our birthday month, both of us are Geminis. Mm -hmm. My awesome of the week is that my husband Jeff and I are going to Europe next week for a full week. Oh my gosh. That's an awesome of the summer, maybe of the year. (laughs) Of the year, of the last 10 years, I don't know. We are going to London for a few days for a charity event. We're really involved with a charity called Charity Water. We Ooh. That means a lot to us. Yes. And so we're going there for an event. And then we are going to the south of France. Jeff has some work stuff in Cannes, and I've never been to the south of France. So it's all very exciting. Yeah, it is. And <laughs> it's a big deal to us. But that's not my actual awesome of the week. I mean, that's my awesome of everything. But what I wanted to share with the awesomes that would relate to them is that because we're traveling out of the country, which we do, you know, I would say regularly, not every single year, but a lot of years, Jeff and I do travel out of the country 
often for work stuff. We have my parents coming out to stay Mm -hmm. with our kids and take care of the house, take care of our kids. And there's a few things that we do in anticipation of traveling internationally that I just think should be on people's radar if maybe they're planning vacations or whatnot. I love it. I cannot wait to hear. You guys are such pros at all things travel. So I cannot wait to hear what you guys do to prep for this. Well, on the advice of my lawyer dad years ago, he makes us get a power of attorney for my parents that is just a one-page document that basically says in the event of emergency that they can make medical decisions. I think it randomly says dental decisions. <laughs> you never, hey, it's, like, it's kids. You literally never know. You literally never know. You can find this online. You know, it's a pretty standard, literally one page. It just says that, you know, Laura Tremaine gives my parents and it lists their address and whatever, just kind of does the legal lingo permission to do this, and then you have to sign it, and then you have to have it notarized. Mm-hmm. Okay. So because, you know, you could run into a situation where if they were in the ER, they're not the parents, and they're not on our insurance, and they're not, you know what I mean? Yes. So that is something to think about. We hope we never, ever have to use it, but it brings everybody peace of mind. The other thing that I try to do, <laughs> and this is so morbid. And this is going to be such a funny, light summer trends show. And I'm just going to talk about this morbid thing, but I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) Okay. In addition to, of course, we have a will in case something really catastrophic happens. Mm -hmm. But in addition to that, I also have an emergency document that I've made up. And this would be put into use if something happens just to me or to both of us together. And it is separate from like, what happens with our money or our house or whatever. It's kind of like a housekeeping thing of what needs to happen. Like, here's my login to my email. Here is who needs to be contacted in my life in the event of a tragedy. Like, you know, you have different friend groups, you have different family members, and not everybody knows all the things. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I have like a point person for each friendship group I have or family group I have who would then let the appropriate people know that this thing has happened. Mm -hmm. I also have, like I said, certain logins, some social media logins. On Facebook, you can sort of name people as sort of like your admins, even to your personal page of like, they can come into your Facebook and either post something there or close it down or whatever, you know, would need to happen. I think that's so smart. I do too. I just saw that. It must be a recent thing that they're rolling out because I just saw that notification like over the weekend. And I think it's so smart that they're finally like saying this is an actual issue and what's the best way for Facebook as a platform to respond. I started thinking about it. I guess when I was blogging, you and I exchanged information like Mm -hmm. here is my blog's login if you need to get in there and do something. Or I made you an admin on the Facebook page. And I think that's really smart. I also, with a few different friends from different friend groups, I exchanged spouse information. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times I don't know someone's spouse's phone number. I don't know their spouse very well or whatever. But if you are worried about them and you maybe need to get in touch or something like that, or again, emergency situation, doesn't always have to be an emergency, but like I exchanged spouse information with my friends so I could reach their spouse if I needed to, or their mom, or their whatever, you know, like a family member information. And then I remember back in our second friendship episode that you and I did, that was 10 friends every woman should have. Mm -hmm. 
You talked about how you have a friend who, if something happens to you, needs to come in and do something with your journals. That is absolutely true. It remains true to this day. (laughs) Very specific instructions. (laughs) And that is a trusted friend right there. (laughs) That is a trusted friend. But sometimes you have to have that kind of thing in writing. Yes. So in my emergency documents that has some of my logins and whatever, it also has some specific instructions in there like... It doesn't have this, but for sake of example, like you need to contact Megan Teets. Here's her contact information and she'll know what to do. (laughs) I mean, we're laughing. It's a weird thing to talk about, but it's just, you never know. And so it's a good realistic plan to have in place, I think. I know, especially when the world is so complicated and layered now, like the will is sort of like the legal whatever needs to happen, but there's a lot of other maybe logistics yes, that right. you would hope would be taken care of. I mean, I even have on mine, like this is my daughter's school information. Like if you need to contact her school, if you need to, con- like, because mm-hmm. I could see, again, I hate to be morbid, but if something happened to Jeff and I while we were away, my parents would not know sure, of course. the loose ends of things that they needed to contact. Yes, And if so, it's helpful to like say, here is, I hope we never, never, never use this, but here is the list of things that need to be done in the event of an emergency. So anyway, it's kind of a funny awesome of the week, but it's been on my mind because we're about to do this big fun travel, which is my personal awesome. And I just thought it was something maybe people should give some thought to as they're doing their own travel. And I think you can get on that plane knowing if the worst were to happen here, people are going to know how to respond. I don't know. It feels like there's just so much peace of mind in that. Totally. I can feel like it eliminates a lot of worries. Well, that is a great awesome of the week. And it's a good thing to have. I mean, it's even just probably a good thing to have, even if you're not traveling internationally. So my awesome of the week is also, I suppose, related to facing your own mortality. (laughs) We are such a bucket of sunshine. (laughs) I'm mostly kidding about that for me. So as this episode comes out. It is June the 16th. This year is my 40th birthday. Yay! Confetti! Throw confetti! (laughs) Clink champagne glasses. We're so excited. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. And yours is coming in a few days. So it's a big week of celebration always, this middle stretch of June. But I've been thinking about, of course, I think most people do, men and women, think about the approach to 40 for a while. I was a person who was absolutely thrilled, genuinely thrilled to turn 30. I can remember very vividly, I was very pregnant with Eliza Joy as I turned 30. And my friends in Texas, where we were living at the time, we had a big dinner out, girls night, birthday party, and it was so fun. And I genuinely have loved being in my 30s to the point where I do feel some bittersweet about leaving this decade behind. I feel less Like kind of as we started to get closer to 40, as that birthday started to, you know, be on the horizon, I did have some of that, oh my gosh, 40 sounds so old, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of thoughts that I worked through. But the closer and closer it's gotten, it really doesn't even actually feel that old, (laughs) that old anymore. It's only kind of old. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it's truly amazing to think about like, I'm going to be in my 40s. I don't feel like I'm old enough to be in my 40s in the sense that there's still a lot of things that I don't know and I don't know how to do. And it's amazing that 
Here I am. I'm turning 40. I've been married to my husband for almost two decades. We have four kids. We have a home. We have jobs. We have all of these things. And sometimes I still am like, how did I get here? Because I'm pretty sure I'm still 17 in my brain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So anyway, I've just been thinking about this a lot. And I think that something that has made me feel genuinely excited for not only to be 40, but for the whole decade of the 40s ahead of me is having people in my life, women in my life, particularly whom I look to who are doing incredible things, people that have maybe not even started doing an awesome thing that they're now doing until they were well into their 40s. And that just gives me it's so inspiring. It gives me so much I don't want to say hope like I was feeling hopeless, but it it gets me really excited for the decade ahead. You know, Kelly Gordon, one of our other co hosts on the show, she has talked several times on episodes of Sort of Awesome about how in her 40s, she's really started to be so comfortable in her skin and so just has so much love for life and really living into who she has known herself to be all along. So things like that give me a lot of excitement about the next decade. And I actually even picked up a book kind of along those lines. It is called 40 Things to Do When You Turn 40. The subtitle is 40 Experts on the Subject of Turning 40, and it's just a collection of essays, some really practical ones, and some more inspirational about the thing of turning 40. I just picked it up, so I cannot wait to dig into that. I'll put the info in the show notes for you all if you want to check it out as well. But yeah, it's an exciting day, and really, I'm looking forward to what is ahead with a lot of anticipation. Well, 40 looks so good on you, Megan. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. It really does. So, yes, this is birthday week for me. And just a few days ago, Kyle and I celebrated our 19th wedding anniversary. And this Sunday is Father's Day. So obviously gifts and giving is on my mind a lot right now. Of all of the celebrations on my list, I have to confess that finding a great Father's Day gift is the one that is always so tricky for me. There's just something about shopping for dads that leaves me kind of scratching my head, like what am I going to give this year? That's why it's perfect timing that StoryWorth is sponsoring this episode of Sorta Awesome. StoryWorth is the company on a mission to help families share and record the stories that are so important to a family's history and identity. And honestly, it makes a perfect gift for fathers. So the way StoryWorth works is you purchase a subscription for someone you love, and then each week the team at StoryWorth will email a story prompt to that person, a prompt that begins with a question about their life. The person can then simply respond to that email with their answer. They can even record it over the phone for the StoryWorth team. And of course, all of these stories that they share are private. They're shared only with family members. And at the end of one year, StoryWorth collects all of those stories and publishes them in a gorgeous keepsake book that can be shared with family members. So I absolutely love the idea that these stories that make up a family's history are going to be captured in this way. In fact, we gave the gift of StoryWorth to my mother-in-law for Mother's Day. And you guys, she has not stopped raving about it. And it has been so powerful to read the stories that she's been writing in response to these story prompts. A recent one told the story of how she and my late father-in-law met and started dating many years ago. It was so meaningful to have that story captured because as we all know, as our parents age, some of these moments in the history of a family can kind of get lost along the way. So StoryWorth makes a fantastic last minute gift for the father, father-in-law, or grandfather in your life because you can sign up to send the gift at the StoryWorth website in just a matter of minutes. So it's perfect for last minute shopping. For $20 off of your StoryWorth subscription, go to storyworth.com awesome and get started. 
That's storyworth.com slash awesome. You'll get $20 off of your gift subscription and start collecting a year's worth of stories for the dad or any loved one in your life. And of course, all of this information will be in this episode's show notes. So as I told you at the top of today's episode, we are talking all about trends for summer 2017. And I wanted to get us started off in a really fun category with fashion and beauty. Laura, what are some things that we need to know that are trending this summer in fashion? Well, skin is in. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, if there's a time you're going to bear it all, I guess it'd be right now. I feel like that things are even more... (laughs) bearing than usual like (laughs) specifically shoulders you know the shoulder trend Uh, has been a mm -hmm. big thing and in the winter or fall winter it was more like the I think they called them like the cold shoulders so there was like a lot of shoulder cutouts Mm -hmm. I do not care for that but now that we are in warmer weather it's just like full bare shoulders like a lot of just fully off the shoulder Lots of tops, swimming suits. One shoulder is also made a pretty big comeback. And I find the one shoulder to be not only more flattering, but also more comfortable. So when I have an off the shoulder thing on, that's not strapless. It's like, you know, has the shoulders that pull down onto the top of your arm. It's just a pain. You can't lift your arms. They slide around. Like, I think that actually looks really cute, Mm -hmm. but it's not that practical for actually like living your life. But the one shoulder is different. And I Mm -hmm. also think it's flattering if maybe you don't think that that area is your best feature. Although I actually Uh think everybody looks really beautiful up there. It's one of my favorite parts of the body, isn't it? I am the same way for both men and women. I think it's such a gorgeous stretch of skin and muscle. I I agree. I know it's really nice. Like no matter how you feel about, I don't know, any other part of your body or age or whatever, like I just, there's just something really lovely about that part of the body. Yes. But the one shoulder, you know, it just, you can be more, you can like move around in it more. I've seen a lot of swimming suits, dresses, tops, really, really cute shoulder bearing all summer, lots of skin. But the other thing that I want to talk about that's like a little more remarkable, the thing that has made a big comeback that makes me laugh is slides, like shoe slides. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, So like instead of flip-flops, I'm seeing everywhere like plastic slides. Have you seen, you know, like Adidas soccer shoes? Yes, right? That's what I was thinking when you were saying this. Okay, well, like everyone from Gucci, YSL, down to the ones I found that I think are pretty cute are just made by Steve Madden, which you can get on like Zappos or Mm -hmm. Nordstrom or whatever. And they're super embellished. They have like fur on them or like... (laughs) Really? I promise you, we can post a photo on social media so people will know what I'm talking about. But now that they have their eyes out, they're kind of replacing the flip-flop this summer these like slides with like you know leopard print and fluffy like feathery things you'll see i'll show you a picture and they are very funny because they're like pool slides basically yes that is so interesting because when i think of slides oh my gosh i don't know how to say this without sounding offensive to some group but i think of like older ladies wearing those through the summer maybe instead of flip-flops no well i do think when i saw them i was at the mall randomly with jeff my husband i don't know what we were doing but anyway i was like because i've always sort of defined my personal style as being kind of like granny chic that's true yes Uh and so i was like wait (laughs) these totally fit my granny chic situation because slides are for 
often an older group. Uh-huh. <laughs> but these are very trendy, like in the colors and the sort of style of them. Mm-hmm. If the yeah. shape of them are skew older, they've gone <laughs> younger with the fabric. Because the other oh. thing, oh, I meant to say this too, is I don't know if you guys have noticed that sandals have gotten really overwhelming. The trend in sandals right now is like super embellished, like pom-poms, tassels, multiple straps. Like they weave around your ankle. They go through your toes. They go up around. And I'm like, these are so complicated. They're like corset shoes. They are. I saw a woman this past week in Trader Joe's, in Trader Joe's, shopping for groceries with the most elaborate crisscrossy strappy sandals on and I was like wow that's a bold move to wear those right on in to your dear Trader Joe's shopping I mean it's like they took the gladiator sandal which was popular for several years and several years ago when that started they took like the basic gladiator sandal which was more plain but like kind of went up your ankle a little bit like that it's like gladiator sandals on crack because now it is just like exploding off your ankle Yes, it's true. (laughs) Gladiator sandals to the max is what we're seeing. Do you have any like that? I'm so curious. I have gladiator sandals, but not the super embellished ones. I did stumble upon some really cute ones on NordstromRack.com, which I didn't even know Nordstrom Rack was online. I didn't either. I was searching for something else. And Sam Edelman, which is another mid-priced brand that I like because they fit my foot really well and they're a decent price point. Sam Edelman has some really cute of those super embellished sandals that are on big sale on Nordstrom Rack. And then the slides that I'm seeing, and now that I've said it, you guys are going to see them everywhere. The slides are, I'll put a link to them, but the cutest ones I saw were by Steve Madden at Nordstrom. Okay. And they're in, they're in very obvious imitation of Gucci, the embellishment okay. is. Mm-hmm. But I mean, mm-hmm. no one's going to pay. Yeah. I don't want to pay $400 for plastic slides. I'm going to buy the $50 version. Totally. Good call. Um, okay. Anyway, it's, I think those are the fun summer things. Now you're going to see them everywhere. Definitely be keeping my eye out for those. Okay, mine are not necessarily fashion related, but they are more in the beauty realm. So I have three that I want to talk about. They're kind of beginner level, intermediate, and then an advanced beauty trend for those who are feeling adventurous. So beginner level, this is something that's not brand new, but I think that it's being talked about. It's almost becoming like more and more, I don't want to say mainstream, but the trend started like with YouTube beauty bloggers and people who are kind of more in the fashion industry or the beauty industry talking about it. And it's becoming more and more popular, I think. The idea of doing foot peels at home. What? I did, that is not what I thought you were going to say at all. When you say beauty blogger, I did not think we were going to follow it with foot peels. Yes. Okay. So foot peels, these are products that you can purchase. You soak your feet, then you apply these to your feet, leave them on for a specified amount of time. And then you remove them. And then over the course of the next week, all of your dry, rough, calloused skin on your feet sloughs off. And then what you're left with after that sort of molting process, (laughs) your face right now, it's so (laughs) priceless. (laughs) But what you're left with after all that dead, yucky skin comes off is you have really soft, smooth, skin and you haven't had to take a pumice stone to your feet or anything like that, which I just, I cannot stand. I have such calloused feet because 
pumice stones just skeeve me out. Their texture just bothers me so much. So anyway, for people who, like me, have some beat up feet that need a little refreshing for the summer season, foot peels are, they're super simple. You, I mean, beyond the soaking and the applying part and then dealing with the, you know, skin as it comes off. Do you peel it off? Is it like a sunburn peel where you're peeling off your skin in layers? Yes. Now you can, if you want to speed the process along, you can get a pumice stone or some other kind of pedicure tool to kind of speed the process along, but you can also just peel it, like you said, like a sunburn, just, it'll just peel off. So, huh. That's a trending thing that I feel like you look a little unconvinced about. (laughs) I don't think I need that. I mean, I think that if you, you, if you needed that, then you're like tracking with that particular thing. But I get pedicures right. pretty regularly, and they do removal of... <laughs> yes, yes. You're, you're probably all up to date on your nasty foot skin removal. <laughs> I stay on top of that. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Okay. <laughs> Intermediate level. This one is one I think most of us can tackle. It's a look that comes in and out of popularity all the time. And it's the smoky eye look Mm. for summer. This particular summer, the smoky eye has a really metallic feel to it, particularly bronzy metallic eyeshadows and all of the stuff that look for your eye. So, Oh, I love um, that. I I think that's so pretty. It's so pretty. I think it takes, you know, it's not like the most advanced application, but you might watch a few tutorials or, you know, have search Pinterest for some ideas of how to make it look like something that's true to you, to how you wear makeup. But I think it's such a fun, sexy, summery trend to pick up on. You know, if you're going out for a special evening or just whatever, you're going on vacation, you're going to Europe, whatever the thing is, (laughs) you could play around with a smoky eye. And because it is trending right now, there's tons of those really bronzy, metallic-y eyeshadows that you can pick up at your local drugstore or Sephora or whatever. So that's intermediate level beauty. And then for those who want to take it to the next step, a more advanced trend that you might want to get in on that's trending right now is eyebrow microblading, Mm. Mm -hmm. which is for those of us who have not been gifted by nature in the eyebrow department, eyebrow microblading is kind of like a semi-permanent tattoo where they go in and basically with ink spruce up your eyebrows, kind of thicken them up for you. And that way you don't have to deal with, I don't do my eyebrows, but I'm just saying, if you're the kind of person who goes in and does a brush and spruces up your eyebrows with powder and stuff daily, this might be an interesting thing to check out because it's going to give you more of that semi-permanent effect where you're not having to mess with it all the time and you still have a nice full set of brows. So. That is advanced. That's definitely in the advanced category. Yeah. Okay. So those are some trends this summer for fashion and beauty. Now, another hallmark of summers that all of us enjoy is the things that we're going to be watching, going to the movies. Also now lots and lots of us just stay home for our entertainment. So all kinds of cool stuff out in our streaming platform. So Laura, what are you hearing a lot of buzz? What's trending right now in the watching department? Well, Our household is gearing up and just counting the days until the Game of Thrones season seven premiere on HBO. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Kyla and I just finished. Have you guys finished? Did you make it all the way through? Yes. You guys just finished? I thought that you just started. 
No, we finished a few weeks ago. We blew through it once we started. So neither Jeff and Laura, Kyle and I, we had not watched it prior to, I don't know, what, a month or two ago? A month or two. Jeff and I started it last summer. It took us a whole year to get through. (laughs) Well, you guys travel and have much more interesting lives (laughs) than Kyle and I, who will go in for a complete deep dive full on binge. We watched it in a matter of weeks from the beginning through the end of season six. So yeah, I'm honestly speechless at that right now. I've been meaning to check in on you to be like, where are you? And so the fact that you're done, I'm like, what is happening? We should probably do an extra awesome about all of our big feelings of Game of Thrones because it is not my type of show at all. Yes. Jeff talked me into it. And I will say part of the reason it took us a year was also because I can't binge it. I couldn't have. We had to like take force breaks in between because it was, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of show. (laughs) It's a lot. It's very intense. Yes. But we did just finish a few weeks ago, season six, and it kind of ends on quite a dramatic reveal. And so what's coming into season seven or what we anticipate is coming is very exciting. So We will be stopping down for Game of Thrones, July 16th. That's a big one for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. We did. We finished it so fast. I had terrible dreams the whole time we were (laughs) watching it because we just crammed so much of it in. So maybe we should do an extra awesome because I've got a lot of thoughts on it too, for sure. So on August 4th, The Dark Tower is coming out as Uh, a movie. It's an adaptation of the series by Stephen King. I actually, as big of a Stephen King as I am, I have not read The Dark Tower series. (gasps) I am shocked about that. I mean, I haven't either, but I thought you had read his whole, like, the whole complete King collection. No, I have not done a Stephen King canon, although I will say I follow an Instagram account that has spent the whole year reading only King and posting about it. It's called Coffee and King, and that's sort of interesting if you're Stephen King fan. But I have not read the Dark Tower series. The movie does look good. It's starring Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. Maybe I'll try and read Dark Tower this summer. That one doesn't come out till August. An adaptation that I have read and I am pretty interested in is The Glass Castle. Mm, mm -hmm. It comes out August 11th. It's based on the Jeanette Walls memoir of the same name. The Glass Castle is a memoir that's on my favorites of all time list. If you like nonfiction, it is such a good book. This is obviously a scripted version of it. The story is about a girl and her very, very unconventional childhood and artsy, mentally ill parents. Mm-hmm. So that one's going to star Brie Larson as Jeanette Walls and her parents are played by Naomi Watson, Woody Harrelson. Oh, wow. That'll be fantastic. So I do think that that one is going to be interesting. I am looking forward to that. Okay, well, along the lines of movies, of course, the one right now here in June that everybody is buzzing about is Wonder Woman. Yes. Which so many people had been looking forward to. You know, it's the age of the superhero movie. And so you never know how these are going to turn out. And so there was a lot of excitement and a lot of, I think, like nervous anticipation for how Wonder Woman would turn out. I have not seen it yet, but everything that I have read and heard from people in my life who have seen it have said it is incredible. Mm -hmm. So I've heard the same, but we have not seen it yet. But I will make it. It is a priority for me to see that while it's still in the theaters. Yes. That is definitely trending. Of course, you know, there's a new Transformers movie coming out. And speaking of superheroes, a Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming is coming out. I'm super interested in the Charlize Theron sort of undercover spy movie, Atomic Blonde. Mm, I saw that on the list. 
That, yeah. that does look good, actually. I love a spy thriller. It is one of my favorite genres of both books and movies. And I love Charlize Theron. So I would love to see Atomic Blonde. It looks it looks pretty good. So in movies, it's a time of blockbusters and all kinds of fun stuff. So I'm sure others will pop up that will be trending over the summer. As far as TV goes, we talked about the return of Game of Thrones. One that's out right now that just came out is season five of Orange is the New Black. Now, do you watch that one, Laura? I don't. You know, I gave it a go a while ago. I think maybe even when you mentioned it on this show, like two years ago, Mm -hmm. I gave it a go. And I'm not sure that it's for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's sentence and it's rough around the edges for sure. I love this series. I have not started season five. Season four ends with a tragic and heartbreaking moment that happens. And you can kind of feel this precipice of chaos building. So I haven't even started season five. My sister just finished it and I haven't had a chance to talk to her about it yet. I don't know how it has played out because when she and I were watching season four separately, we would text back and forth like every episode and talk about each thing that had happened. And I haven't heard anything from her on this season. So I'm a little, hmm, a little bit of a question mark about how season five, that's a lot of, I mean, to go into season five, that's a lot of stories to work through and It's an intense series, but the storytelling is so gorgeous. I love it. So Mm -hmm. anyway, that just came out. Now, one thing I'm super interested in coming out in July, Netflix is releasing a new original series called Ozark. It stars Jason Bateman and Laura Linney. Now, Jason Bateman, a lot of us think of as being, you know, this great comedic actor from Arrested Development, but he's also pretty talented in the drama department. And Mm -hmm. so in Ozark, it's the story of a man played by Jason Bateman, who had a career in like the finance industry, but also got mixed up in drugs. And now he has packed up his family and left Chicago to get away from some of this drug money entanglement and moved his family to the Ozark Mountains in Missouri. And so they are kind of positioning this as Netflix's version of Breaking Bad. Oh, I know, right? You know, I think that Breaking Bad is one of the best TV series that's ever been made of all time. Like, I think it is an all-timer top five. Oh, absolutely. It is Kyle's, my husband's very, very favorite series ever. And so I'll be interested to see how this one plays out. I mean, it would take a lot for a new series to even approach what Breaking Bad did, but it'll be interesting to see what Netflix does with this. They've developed some fantastic original series. So Mm -hmm. that comes out later in July. And then again, that's Ozark on Netflix. Okay, Laura, this may be our favorite category coming up right now, and that is reading books. Now, you and I, we kind of have filled ourselves in on some of the books that are trending over the summer because we've been doing these book of the month preview episodes at the beginning of each month for the past three months. And that really, as I have gone through the the sort of trending lists for summer 2017, I've noticed quite a few of the book of the month selections are landing on these lists. So same. And I'm a little, I can talk about books all day long with anybody and everybody, but I have used a lot of words on books recently. Just this week, we released a smartest person in the room episode, which is our side podcast that I Mm -hmm. host and you edit and produce. Yes. Where I had a friend sit down with me, a friend from my real life book club, and we discussed the best things that we have read so far in 2017 and what is on our list for the rest of 2017. It was Mm -hmm. a really fun conversation. I've done other book shows in the past on Sorta Awesome, 
but I shifted it over to smartest person in the room. And that episode is out right now. If you want to go search that, it's really a fun book chat show where we talk about all the things. But one of the books that did not come up in that episode that I did want to mention that I'm excited about, or that it's on my list this summer, is Rich People Problems by Kevin Kwan. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, he's really popular for the book Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. Which Stephanie on Smartest Person in the Room mentions that she is like plowing through. She loved it. So Rich People Problems is his follow-up. They're not related. It's not a sequel. I think it's just a separate book. But anyway, I've heard so much about him and so much about his storytelling. And it seems like it would be a good beach or vacation read. Like it seems on the lighter kind of extravagant side, which is what I like Mm -hmm. when I'm sitting by a pool. Yeah. Yeah, that looks fantastic. And definitely his writing is getting so much attention those books, I feel like both of those are just everywhere right now. So mm-hmm. good, good stuff. Well, a couple of them. This one, the first one that I wanted to talk about is actually one that we just covered on our Book of the Month preview episode. And that is Arundhati Roy's The Ministry of Utmost Happiness, which I actually did order for one of my selections from Book of the Month because it sounds so fascinating. So Arundhati Roy is a well-known Indian author, but she's also very involved in social activism. And so in the Ministry of Utmost Happiness, she really kind of combines her writing talent with her very passionate feelings about society and culture, particularly in India. And it really is kind of one of those books that, and I haven't read it yet, I just got it, but if it does it well, it's kind of the aim is to kind of deconstruct how Indian culture treats people who are on the margins. So whether they are transgender or Muslim or some other kind of minority religion, people who are marginalized in India, she really is examining that in this book, The Ministry of Utmost Happiness. It's her first novel to come out in 20 years. So it's been much anticipated. So I know I cannot wait to dig into that one. So sounds really great. Speaking of Book of the Month Club, On our preview show that we did for June, I said that I was not going to pick one this month because my two-read stack is so bananas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like taking over my life. And I just, I felt like I needed to plow through some of those before I ordered more books. However, I then hopped on Instagram and the Instagram stories for the show's account, sort of awesome show. I was like, I, I've changed my mind, everybody. (laughs) As a lady is prone to do, you never know. And I ended up ordering The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo Mm -hmm. by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Yes. And I'm actually so glad I made that change because before I clicked add to my box and the now sense, I keep seeing people raving about it. Mm -hmm. And so I will report back. But that also seems like kind of a good beachy airplane, you know, past the time type of read. It kind of seems like gossipy, juicy, but not stupid. Right. Which is is kind of my standard. (laughs) Yes. So I got that one too. So I can't, it's another one. Now my to be read pile is definitely growing. Another one I wanted to mention too, of course, you know, we've got some big names releasing Novels that you'll see, you know, everywhere. I'm sure like John Grisham has a new one coming out. I know that that's not highbrow literature, but I do love a John Grisham novel. I can't help myself. (laughs) But another one I wanted to mention is so in a genre that I love is Roxane Gay's Hunger. And the subtitle is A Memoir of My Body. So 
Roxane Gay is a very well-known essayist, culture critic, just a really talented writer. And so this is her memoir that is about food and weight, self-image, and kind of navigating life as a woman and how all of these issues come into play. And so I think she's a fantastic writer and I am fair. I love an essay collection and I love a memoir. So I am super looking forward to picking up that one this summer as well. Have you read her essay collection, Bad Feminist? I have not. I haven't. You've read it, haven't you? I've read that. And I've actually seen Roxane Gay speak a few times in Los Angeles at different events. I follow her on Twitter. I really like her on Twitter. So I have gone to these things where she's either been on a panel or she's been speaking or whatever. She's really, really interesting. And I'm glad that she wrote this book, Hunger, that you're talking about, even though I haven't read it yet. I don't even know if it's out yet. But because I think she writes about things that don't get a lot of play Mm, mm -hmm. in some ways, like Bad Feminist, which wasn't one of my favorite things I've ever read or anything, but just kind of the way that she writes about them does make you really think. And the food and weight thing is kind of an undercurrent in a lot of stories or memoirs or sort of an ever-present thing with women. But nobody... Not nobody, but but a lot of people don't just like take it on. Right. As like yes. being the topic. It's sometimes just like a side topic or like a, a dark thing that you sense is happening, but it's not like the actual subject of whatever you're reading. And so mm-hmm. I'm glad that she's done this. I think this is something we actually should talk more about maybe. Yeah, I agree. And I think she did a segment on, oh man, I I cannot remember the name of this episode, but it was on This American Life and it was talking about women weight. Oh, I think it was called Don't, or You Can Call Me Fat. Oh man, I can't remember. Anyway, she did a segment, she did an interview for that episode and it was so great. That's again, another reason why I'm just looking forward to this book so much, because I think that she has such a unique and much needed voice in speaking on that. So Yeah. yeah, it'll be a good one. I think it comes out in July actually. So All right, here we are at our last category, things that are in the listening realm, either music or podcasts or whatever the case may be, things to listen to over the summer. Laura, what do you have on your list? Well, I don't listen to music, so mine's podcasts. (laughs) Okay, good. Let's hear it. I am just dying of excitement over the new season of Invisibilia. Yes, yes, yes. It was my awesome of the week last week because I'm so excited about it. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. One of my favorite shows ever that I've ever listened to, I haven't even finished the second season because I kind of like parse it out. I listen to podcasts a lot of times while I'm doing something else, while I'm driving or walking or cleaning or whatever I'm doing. With Invisibilia, I want to give it like my full attention. Mm -hmm. Sort of how I approach Serial or then S-Town. Like I just want to be sitting there and listening to it, even though it's not like those shows and that it's not a serial, it is individual episodes. But I just want to give it my whole attention. Mm. You know, it's several episodes in at this point, and I keep hearing how amazing their take is on emotions. They're covering emotions this season. So that will be something I will really savor and probably be talking about all summer is the new episode of Invisibilia. Yeah, it is. I've listened to the first few already, and it's just so fantastic. I already raved about it last week, so I won't go on and on about it. But I'm so excited they're coming back. And I kind of like that they have somehow, either by choice or circumstance or whatever, positioned themselves to come out in the summer, because it's just perfect timing to 
settle in with some great audio. So, well, speaking of podcasts, a couple of things that will be trending over the summer. First of all, political podcasts continue to top the charts. There is so much happening in the realm of American politics and some really fantastic podcasts have set out to help people process and digest and think about things. And so all of those political podcasts that have been popping up in the past couple of months, they are not going anywhere. In fact, we'll probably just be growing more and more with their audiences through the summer. Another one, Laura, I don't know if you knew this because I know that you, the Tremaine family, you have a special connection with ESPN's 30 for 30 series, documentary series. Jeff has made several now. Is it three? I think he's made three 30 for 30s. We are a big fan of that series and what they do for documentaries. Well, it's so good. It is. It's so great. So fantastic. And they are releasing a podcast series this month in June, ESPN's 30 for 30 podcast. So I think a lot of people are really excited to see what a sort of a franchise that has done so much for documentary and done so much for storytelling in the realm of sports. And it's so all encompassing when you even talk about sports and how they kind of view that and then translating that into the audio medium. So I myself am very much looking forward to the 30 for 30 podcast coming out from ESPN. Me too. I don't know how they're going to, you know, sort of frame it or what the format is going to be. But just you know, seeing Jeff go through the process of making these sports documentaries, or they're not all super sports. Jeff made one right. called Angry Sky that was yes, a little, you know, was not technically sports related. But the storytelling of it, there's a lot of those stories out there that wouldn't make for a full 90 minute documentary, but they're really compelling and I think would be really great for audio. I hope that that's kind of the approach they're taking. Mm-hmm. And I think ESPN Films, I think they make good products. Like, I feel like it will probably be really good. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait to tune into that. Music-wise, there's some great releases coming out this summer. Fleet Foxes has a new album coming out. In fact, I think that one comes out today. And also Lord's new album, I think, drops today, June 16th. Later in the summer, Lana Del Rey has a new album coming out called Lust for Life. What I'm really looking forward to on that is that she does a collaboration with Stevie Nicks. I just Mm. love Stevie Nicks. So I think that the two of them together in collaboration sounds very promising and very cool. So all kinds of good stuff. This is not a new show, but I am just going to mention it because it gets mentioned in the Hangout group quite a bit or recommended to me on Twitter. And I've never gotten a chance to listen to it yet, but it is on my list for June is My Favorite Murder. Oh my gosh. Yes, I've been so surprised that you don't listen to it because, oh my goodness, it has such a loyal, enthusiastic, true crime lady fan following. (laughs) I know. So what am I doing? I don't know. I had somebody tell me kind of early on that they didn't think it would be for me, somebody I trusted. And so I like took their recommendation on it, but really I need to find out for myself. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to go listen to it and then... Another show that is really good for like if you're on a road trip or not necessarily with children, but like, you know, if you just have like a long chunk of time that you want to fill is the You Must Remember This podcast. Oh, right. I think you've talked about that a little bit before. That's the one that is like old Hollywood, right? It's old Hollywood. And she does some, you know, you can just listen to interesting episodes, but she also does like a series. So she'll do a series on Charles Manson. She does a series right now on blondes. 
So like there's different, you know, she kind of takes a topping and does them, but it's super well researched. Mm -hmm. And they are really good for, because they're long, like you'll want to listen to all of them. So like when you're in the car for whatever, eight hours or something like that. It's a really good one. And some of them, I think, might be more family-friendly than others, but I don't want to swear by that. But they're not all, like, gory or anything. I just think it would be, like, the themes, you know, might get a little Hollywoody for some days. Sure, sure. <laughs> I totally get what you're saying. Yes. That's so great. And I do think that summer is a great time to catch up on your listening. If there's audiobooks you've been meaning to get to, like you said, whole entire podcast you've been meaning to check out, not to mention just turning your radio on and listening to whatever top 40 hit is playing poolside, which is, I'm not gonna lie, one of my very favorite things to do in the summer. Yeah, it's a great time to get caught up on all of your listening. So this has been really fun to kind of do this rundown of things that are trending right now. I love summer. I know you do too. And so this has been fun to see what is really getting a lot of buzz in our culture right now. Yes. All right. So if you guys want to follow up and talk about trends that you've noticed, if you want to talk about any of the things that we've mentioned on today's show from fashion and beauty to what we're listening to, what we're reading, what we're watching, you know, you can find us on social media and we can talk more about it. Laura, remind us where we can find you all around the web. You can always find me at lauratremaine.com. I write a monthly or bi-monthly email with recommendations full of what I'm reading, things to wear, all kinds of things. They're called the secret posts. You can sign up for those at lauratremaine.com or using the link in my bio on Instagram where I'm laura.tremaine and I'm on Twitter at lauratremaine. All right. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. And we are on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. You can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created by me, Megan Teets, and is produced each week in collaboration with Kelly Gordon, Rebecca Hoffer, and Laura Tremaine. Visit us on the web at SortaAwesomeShow.com, where you can sign up for the show's newsletter, connect with the Sorta Awesome community, and find show notes for each episode of Sorta Awesome. Music is provided by the band Prager. Find out more at PragerMusic.com. We'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.